Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning to you on a Saturday. It's always great to talk baseball. This particularly is a phenomenal moment to talk baseball as free agency begins And the Cubs have big decisions to make. The White Sox rebuild will get addressed by the man in charge. Rick Hahn, the GM of the White Sox, will join us next hour. And uh, two years ago yesterday uh, was uh, quite a moment here in Chicago. And Pat Hughes will join us at the top of next hour to talk about the anniversary of 2016. Good morning, Bruce Good morning, Matt. How are you? It's inside the clubhouse. As Matt said, we're here for you every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball between 9 and 11 o'clock, Chicago style. We touch on the other 28 teams, of course. Your input is needed. Your input is wanted at 312-644-6767. Text us at 67011. As Matt mentioned, General Manager Rick Hahn of the Chicago White Sox, one of our guests, Pat Hughes, to reminisce about two years ago yesterday and the great event that took place in Chicago right here on The Score. Pat and Ron Coomer called the first world championship for the Chicago Cubs in 108 years. Mark Gonzalez, the beat reporter for the Chicago Cubs, to join us as well. And by the way, Matt. Sir. Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook, your fall home for the best food in Chicagoland. Checklist. The best deli? Yes. The best restaurant? Of course. The best bakery on the North Shore? No doubt. Max and Benny's dinners from 4 to 9 p.m. feature full meals of roast beef, chicken, the freshest whitefish and salmon in the city. Bakery goods to die for include sugar cookies, mandel bread, home-baked bagels, bialis, rye bread, challah at Max and Benny's. Private party rooms, business meeting area, seats uh, 10 to 150. Catering is king. Ask for John at maxandbennys.com. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Chicago border, Love you some MaxandBennies.com. Love you some free agency, Matt Spiegel. We're in it now. The Cole Hamels deal is done. $20 million option picked up. Drew Smiley traded to the Texas Rangers and his $7 million to make the Hamels deal a little bit more palatable for the Chicago Cubs. Well, if you are going to be a big market behemoth. If you're going to be a real player and you are right now in the middle of your winning window moment is right now. TV deals coming next year. I know you're not exactly sure what you're going to get as an organization from there. You have dreams, you have hopes and aspirations there, but if you are serious about what is happening, then this is not a moment to be frugal. This is not a moment to be very careful. This is a moment to go for it. The, the the Boston Red Sox in 2018, Bruce, exceeded the tax threshold by almost $37 million. I'm not saying the Cubs have to do that. Mm-hmm. But here is, is your time. If you need to get creative with your contract, if you need to try and move some of the other contracts, okay. But you can't allow a moment like this to go by without being aggressive and being a real player for Bryce Harper and others. Do not fear the competitive balance tax. 
And we'll go into detail during the show of what that means, what it could mean for the Cubs when they do go over, which they will, because they already have $204 million uh, committed to the present roster with some uh, creative looks at how their uh, arbitration players are going to be paid. Mm-hmm. And uh, 206 is the threshold. So everybody who uh, f- followed suit after I wrote the Bryce Harper Cubs situation 10 days ago are now backing away from it, saying they're not going to have enough money. Right. Well, what, is, what is the truth here? This is what we need to figure out, and I need your help, Bruce, and I think the fans do, because, you know, Ken Rosenthal had apparently some sources, Patrick Mooney seemed to follow suit over at The Athletic, that we're supposed to read this Drew Smiley Cole Hamels situation as, boy, I, this does not portend well for the Cubs going after Bryce Harper. But what are the actual limitations if there are some at this moment? There is no limitations. Their creativity uh, Monday morning, uh, when uh, the general main manager meetings start in Carls- Carlsbad, California, I'll be there covering both the White Sox and Cubs for the score. Mm-hmm. Um, we will hear about uh, the creativity of Mr. Epstein and Mr. Hoyer as far as that payroll goes for 2019. In other words, everybody's looking at those commitments and saying, hey, you can't add or else you're going to be into the 20% taxing for every dollar you spend over $206 million. Uh, you, can't, you can't do that, but we're not allowing for the creativity of trading present players off of the roster. We don't know about the Addison Russell $4.5 million owed. Is that going to be a part of the equation? Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there a possibility of trading a Jason Hayward? and eating portions of that contract. Well, that's the thing, because as I look at the 2019 luxury tax numbers for everybody on the roster and the tax numbers, as some know, but we can define it nice and clean, it's the total guaranteed dollars over the life of the contract divided by the number of guaranteed years. So it's not exactly what yeah, that's what you see as that's the money. That's the AAV. Right, the AAV. Right. Numbers two, three, and four on the Cubs' AAV are contracts you'd love not to have. That would be Jason Hayward, Hugh Darvish, Tyler Chatwood. John Lester's number one. But two, three, and four, is there any realistic possibility of trading any of those at two, three, and four, Hayward, Darvish, Chatwood? Why not? Well, Darvish, I can't imagine well, anyone is, is going to pick First up. of all, Darvish, no. I believe, has a complete no trade. So that's, that, that's, that's out. That's Chad out anyway. Wood has no uh, trade language in his contract. He's free to be traded. So at that number, is there someone who's going to give a shot? You'd have to eat some of the money, obviously, as you're doing it. Hayward uh, has 12 teams that he can name that he won't go to out of the other 29. Okay. So that leaves 17 places available. Now, uh, th- let us preface it by saying... We're, Prefaces by saying we are the ones talking about trading Hayward. It's never emanated from the Chicago Cubs. Uh, You won't hear it go run past their lips. It's not going to be serving them very well if they talk Mm -hmm. about moving their own players. But nonetheless, uh, that is a huge part of this job is moving numbers around to make things work for them going forward. And although Jason Hayward's a very good player defensively, he's a great base runner, tremendous teammate, outstanding human being, uh, the $22 million AAV, which is the average for the rest of the contract for the next five years, is something that uh, if they could move would be 
even if they were eating portions of that contract, let's say half, uh, that would create a lot of flexibility to add a, a Machado or to add a Harper this offseason. Well, this is your moment. As I said, this is your moment to do it. And I, I think they will. I, I have thought all along that they will. I don't think it's Machado. I don't think that's the, I think what we've all seen about him as a person and a, a player is something that they've known that most of baseball has known for a while now. I don't think that's a fit. But man, what Bryce Harper would do to this team it has to obviously in your dreams feel very similar to what J.D. Martinez just did for the Red Sox last year. And Scott Boris held out for a long time until he got what he could for J.D. Martinez. It's about half of what he'll probably get for Bryce Harper. But that model is what Boris will put there in front of you this week at the GM meetings. And it's what it's what Cub fans should be thinking about, that you add an offensive uh, influence like that. And all of a sudden things change for the entire lineup. Absolutely. And, you know, when you talk about uh, the Cubs being playing with the big boys, they are one of the big boys. Yep. They've been to the playoffs four years in a row. They will have one of the highest payrolls in baseball. They will be seeking to win a World Series over the next two to three years with the way that they're pitching and other players are lined up. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no doubt. And it is it is in line Exactly, Matt, with what Theo Epstein talked about when he came here um, seven years ago and said, we want to be competitive for the playoffs every single year, and we want to win and go deep into the playoffs eight out of those ten years that we project going forward. And that is that it's right on – it's right on the money of where they're at right now. As we uh, look and take your texts at 67011, as we uh, look and take your phone calls at 312-644-6767, it is indeed inside the clubhouse right here on 670. The score this hour, of which is brought to you by Webb Chevy. Searching for a great deal on Chevys in Chicago, visit Webb Chevy in Plainfield or Oak Lawn. A little complicated uh, yesterday as the Cole Hamels option is picked up. Drew Smiley is sent to Texas. Uh, along with a player to be named later. There's also a player to be named later coming back in it. Boy, the Cubs and the Rangers like to work together, don't they? Right. Uh, uh, the reason for the uh, players to be named later is that your 40-man roster is locked in right now. Mm-hmm. So after the Rule 5 draft, which will be December the 13th, you'll see st- some of these uh, players to be named later being added on when there's more flexibility with a 40-man roster. So some were reading that as portending doom for the overall free agent market and the spending. I saw this yesterday as, look, they've got the depth to get rid of Smiley. They have now paid for one year of Drew Smiley's rehab. They've paid for nothing, just kind of to be the holding place for him. Now they hand him off to the Rangers, and he could actually give the Rangers something right now for the big league roster. It's a trade for – it's actually you're trading Drew Smiley for Cole Hamels. That's basically what it is. I mean – Plus some math. Yeah, the math, the math is what makes it a trade because you didn't want to pay $13 million whole for Hamels, which you are anyways, AAV-wise, mm-hmm. but you recoup the $7 million, you old Smiley. You still have depth in your rotation going six deep, seven deep with Lester, Hamels, Darvis, Chetwood, Quintana. Then you have Hendricks, of course, Montgomery, uh, Alec Mills, if you want to throw him in. 
Alzale is coming. Uh, you know, they have other young players that are coming along, but they still have the depth that they want, and they need it, of course, with a uh, a rotation of guys that are aging a little bit, a little long of tooth in some of those areas. Uh, we'll, we'll talk with you guys about what you want to happen, what you fear might happen, and all of that as we are interactive at 670 The Score. Let's hop in with Matt and River North on The Score. Matt, you're on inside the clubhouse. Hey, good morning, fellas. Bruce, a few questions for you. One, I was thinking, what about Michael Brantley? I know he's hurt a lot, but he's a guy who puts the bat on the ball and, and you know, is a quality player. And if one thing, if you learn from watching the Red Sox, they put the bat on the ball. And I would take the combination of Pierce and uh, Moreland over Jose Abreu because that gives you two players, and you could use one as a pinch hitter later in the game. You could mix and match those guys. Just the depth is so important to have a 25-man roster that can contribute. Yeah. And I think the Cubs have that for the most part. But what are your feelings of that? I mean, the strikeouts are ridiculous. And if you, as you could see, the Dodgers reminded me of the Cubs in the World Series. Just kept striking out, and you know, yeah, it, it, you got to put the bat on the ball because strikeouts are, are different in the regular season. You're going to be facing good pitching, and you have to have guys who can hit good pitching. I agree. Uh, Matt, you want to handle that? Well, we've talked about the malleability of the approach and what they actually need to do and how over the course of the regular season, yes, of course, you need all the home runs, but you also need guys who can, with two strikes, shorten up. And in the playoffs, you need guys who can make contact when it matters. The Red Sox with Launch two angle, strikes. Launch angle, my friend. Launch the, angle. Well, the Red Sox with two strikes, were, were that was the storyline of the entire playoffs. The, the Red Sox have multiple players that can launch and they can also make contact. Those are called all-star players. You know, those are called great hitters. They had the two top hitters probably in the American League last year, batting a one and three or one and four all year long in mm-hmm. uh, Betts and Martinez. You had a lot of spirit carriers who were outstanding as well that know how to hit on that team. You look at the Houston Astros, that's a very similar type of offense with uh, multiple stars and guys that can launch and guys that can hit. Uh, you know, we're, we're making a great divide between launch angle and contact hitters, and that's not what teams are looking for. They're looking for people that can do both. both. Yeah. Look, exactly. And for, and those are called great hitters. Now, in, in regards to somebody like Brantley, you know, I have not spent a lot of time considering lesser free agent outfielders like Andrew McCutcheon or Michael Brantley, or like A.J. Pollock, who's, who's going to be a terrific center fielder for somebody if he can stay healthy, but he, I, don't, I don't think you he, can get in he, bed with he that. He can't. He can't. No, no. But, I, you know, I, or the Nick Markakis's of the world, yeah. or, you know, 30, I, I, Carlos 30, Gonzalez. 35 with no slug. Right. It's like, I have not spent a lot of time right. considering those guys as fits, because to me it's like, if, if you're going to make the real big move, then you are going to clear out some of your other players to make space both financially and in terms of playing time. But do you think we should be looking at some of those lesser free well, agent I mean, outfielders? I, I would, I, I would, I've been encouraging the Cubs over the last few years to get a little bit more uh, athletic. Okay. Mm-hmm. A little bit more speed. Uh, you know, most of the teams, not just the Cubs are built on slug now. Okay. Not stolen base is kind of passe right now. It's an out that people don't want to incur, uh, especially if the next guy can hit the ball out of the ballpark. So it's back to the Earl Weaver three-run home run theory of the 70s and 80s. Right. Uh, so 
that it's passe, but you still want those athletic players. What was the key to the Boston winning? Uh, what, what was one of the, the key things that goes under the radar for Boston winning? One of the keys was that outfield defense with three center fielders right. out there. I mean, it's so important. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and, plays that are made that don't turn into doubles, that don't start rallies, that don't drive in runs. It's so, so underrated. Yeah, I, 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 there will be an improvement in outfield defense, and, and Harper's a very good defensive outfielder if that's what happens. There will be a middle infielder of consequence who can really pick it. You know, there's going to be somebody right. that's going to come and, here and, to replace and Addison And one thing Russell. we haven't even touched on is they're going to need a closer. And that guy probably is not there right now. You mentioned the name at the end of last week's show. You slipped it in with like five seconds to go. Nathan Evaldi. Oh, I love that name and idea as a closer if he wants to do that. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, he, unfortunately, he can... it's a it's a group of one right now that came up with that idea. <laughs> that that's it. It's uh it's it's one person uh-huh. with a theory about a guy uh-huh. that's had two Tommy John <laughs> sure. surgeries and is looking for a three year deal as a starter. Well uh, at at this point, but to me, um, it would certainly be worth investigating because uh, that's the type of arm that might be of the quality of pitching three or four days a week and uh, not not pitching seven or eight innings and going out there and closing games for people. Well, that group of one has a co-host, and that's me. I'm Matt Spiegel. He's Bruce Levine. It is 670 The Score. We'll come back and take your phone calls and texts. And a couple of specific names I want to throw at you in regards to Cubs free agency. Rick Hahn of the White Sox, the GM, joins us next hour. Keep it right here on The Score. Welcome back on Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. We'll talk to Mark Gonzalez of the Tribune about the Cubs in a few minutes. More of your phone calls and texts. Bruce I love Andrew McCutcheon as a player, as a, as a guy, I have loved everything he's about. The skills have obviously faded. The speed has gone a bit. He is no longer what he was, but he still has some value that he could bring to a ball club. What are your thoughts about if they do not get Bryce Harper, the Cubs putting Andrew McCutcheon in the outfield? Well, first of all, he's not a center fielder anymore. No, 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 he's not. So then how does he really fit for you? I mean, does you really need another left fielder? You have a right fielder, unless you're moving him over to center and McCutcheon is playing right. Um, I, you know, I, I think he's an extra man now. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a fourth outfielder on right, a real good team, right. and, and he might be more of a platoon player. Like you said, you know, former great player, number one citizen, guy that's uh, you know a plus on your team, but at what cost? And how does he fit in mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, where Joe Madden uses his team? Probably pretty well. But, you know, if it's a if it's a $5 million player or $7 million player, what is he now? And will he be upset the first time he starts playing at that level? How, how does he emotionally take the fact that he's not being paid like a superstar anymore? Let me give you one other name. Um, Jose Iglesias as a brilliant like defensive I, I, shortstop. I, I, I like it a lot. I, I love the idea of Jose Iglesias as a shortstop here. Move Javi back to second. I, I think you could argue that Javier Baez is more important as a second baseman than a shortstop. I, I know that short is obviously historically the more important position, but he's involved in more relays at second so from, from right field, and just his wizardry at well, second is more evident to me. Don't, don't forget that Iglesias is a superb Middle infielder. That means he could probably play second. You could base. probably do that if you wanted to. Right. So, so you have the option there. But 
more importantly, it gives you a uh, a very credible backup at shortstop, somebody that can play the position uh, well if uh, Baez goes down with an injury for a certain amount of time. You still have Ben Zobris uh, in 2018 that you're going to have to find at bats for and a position to play. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's some of the uh, creativity that's going to be uh, Joe Madden's, uh, which is his strength usually when it comes to those type of things. Let's take a few calls before we uh, go to our friend Mark Gonzalez of the Tribune who will join us talk a little bit about the Cubs. Mark in Michigan City, you're on Inside the Clubhouse. What do you say, Mark? Hey, Bruce. Hey, Matt. Good talk to you guys again. And, Matt, uh, congratulations on getting your father to Game 2 of the World Series at Fenway Park. That must have been a high honor for you to do and a great thing to get to do with your father. Yeah, that was great stuff. Thanks, Mark. What do you got? Uh, the Red Sox this year, the season they, they completed, winning the World Series the way they did, I compare them with uh, really one of the great 50 teams of baseball. I put them right up there with the 98 Yankees. I put them right there with the 75 and 76 Reds as an all-around comprehensive great baseball team. And uh, I was wondering uh, what your opinions were on that, Bruce and Matt. Okay, thank you for your call. Uh, if they do it again, uh, I'm, I'm with you. Well, even ju- but just the one year in a bubble, you win 108 games yeah. and then you roll through the playoffs I mean, like they did. I don't want. I don't want to go uh, Super Bowl uh, Bears with them. You know. <laughs> I know, but see, the, I they, mean, the, the great debate. You know, greatest one year in the history of the NFL. Okay, they, it should have been three. But they dispatched two one hundred win teams with only one loss in each series in the American League before getting to the Dodgers and dispatching them no, with I only mean, one it, loss it was, as it well. It was a great year, but I'm not putting them as a dynasty at this point. No, not a dynasty. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of a, you know, the Yankees were a dynasty. They won. They won five times. You know, the the Reds won two World Series in a row. They were a dynasty with Hall of Fame players. I'm I'm not there yet. Chris Sale's a free agent. After 2019. Mm, I, He'll I, be pitching for the White Sox, by the way. Who's, who's that? Chris Sale. You think Chris Sale will come back to the White Sox? Oh, well, we'll talk to Rick Hahn at 1020. Well, that's, that's a tease right there. I, it, it was really interesting to watch Chris Sale be uh, both very good and a crazy person uh, in that Red Sox dugout. It's always, always been. There's that moment. Crazy, crazy good. Oh, I know, but he's screaming like crazy, crazy at good. his teammates. Crazy and like, good. Apparently he's saying, Rich Hill only throws two effing pitches, and you can't hit him. That's what he's screaming. But when you're on a good team and a winning team. They scored like nine runs after that. <laughs> so okay. credit Chris Sale. Well, Jason Hayward. 2016. Yeah, the no rain delay. Not quite 18 minutes long, but the same deal. The bottom All right. Uh, by the way, uh, George, John, Jim, if you hold a little while, we'll get to you. But uh, we're going to bring in our good friend right now. Does a great job covering the Cubs beat for the Chicago Tribune. Veteran, and I mean veteran, a guy that's been around for a while doing a great job. Mark Gonzalez joins us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Mark. Hi, guys. How you doing? Great. We're, uh, we're right in the midst of the beginning of free agency. What was your take on the Hamels uh, option being picked up and the trade of Smiley? I thought it was pretty interesting the way it played out. I think all of us knew that Cole Hamels was coming back at just the way it happened. And it kind of, uh, I guess, raises some eyebrows in terms of uh, what needed to be done to get uh, Hamels to stay here or at least have that option picked up. Uh, very creative way of doing it. You know, there was a lot of talk toward the end of the season about Smiley, uh, you know, kicking the door in terms of being a member of that rotation. But 
realistically, this is probably the the way it had to be done in the end, just given uh, the Cubs' finances and and, and fortifying the, the the first five guys in that rotation. I think that was paramount. Well, I, I mean, it isn't it possible that the Rangers wanted Drew Smiley because the Cubs just paid for a year of rehab, and now he should be able to help them right now. And the way that that the relationship has been between the Cubs and the Rangers. Like I, it, 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 it makes sense to me that they would kind of take care of each other in a moment like this. And I was shocked when I looked at the Rangers projected rotation and, and saw how thin it was. So yeah, uh, Smiley does prove a fit, but he has to stay healthy. And that's, that's something that was raised by you know, a member of the Rangers uh, yesterday. I just, he's, he's got to stay healthy and it just speaks to, just how thin that that rotation is right now. So yeah, it was it was a nice fit, uh, a trade that helped both sides. So Mark, it it sounds like, but I'll just ask you: Do you think this um, is a bad sign? What happened yesterday? Do you see it as a bad sign for the possibilities of Bryce Harper or another big money free agent? What I've learned in these free agent uh, winners is that it's a long, long process, and I think it goes back to the days of. Vladimir Guerrero in, in 2004 with the Angels, and the Angels came out of nowhere and signed them. And and then last year, you know, with Darvish and, and Arietta going down to the wire. So um, I, I still think anything can happen at this point. Certainly uh, the Cubs are facing, you know, possible or probable uh, luxury tax penalties. But at the same time, uh, the market can always shift in some ways. I still think Harper and Machado will get their money, but the years, let's see how it plays out. And I think that uh, the Cubs will, will go through this, this process very deliberately, although you know, the pressing need is, is getting a seasoned hitting. And I think we'll see how it plays out, but I think it's going to be a very deliberate uh, winner. Mark Gonzalez of the Tribune does a great job on the beat for years now. Veteran reporter forever on Major League Baseball, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Mark when you uh, look at the closer situation, is, is the Chicago Cubs closer for 2019 on the roster now? Yes, I think so. I, I think so, just given uh, the priorities uh, of the team at this point, uh, given the fact that uh, Strope can do it in, in short, short snippets and uh, also – uh, the the expectation that Morrow will be okay now. I think that they're going to have to you know throttle back on, on the use of of Morrow. I think we we all understand that. So how do you do that for a closer? I mean, uh, how how do you how do you not have him available three or four times a week and and feel good about the depth in your bullpen? You steal his cleats and steal his glove for starters after the the second day in a row he pitches, yeah. <laughs> and then and then you you, you make sure that. Uh, Pedro Strope's healthy. You know, it's going to be a challenge for these guys. You know, if they do sign Jesse Chavez, that's that's a nice uh, fallback. But if you don't, then you're going to have to be really crossing your fingers and hoping that you have a, a lead and that your starter goes, you know, seven, eight innings and, and you lead by four. So it, it's a delicate act right now. But I think that at this point, just given where the resources have been earmarked, that there is a guy currently on, on that roster that's going to be the closer. 
Bottom of the hour here is brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Coach Collins and Northwestern Basketball return to the new Welsh Ryan Arena this season. Don't miss your chance to catch the Wildcats. Season tickets on sale at nusports.com. Mark Gonzalez of the Tribune with us here on The Score. Um, so, all right, so if Morrow can be your guy two days in a row, but not three, then you need Strope, as you said. Um, C-Sheck is going to be here, and that's a guy who, you know, there's a chance you can use him in the ninth every once in a while. But you mentioned Jesse Chavez. It, the latest was he was saying that he's either going to retire or stay here. He loved it so much. Well, so, you hope he doesn't retire n- here. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, yeah. it, it would seem to make all the sense in the world that Chavez will be here. Is the, is the desire mutual? Uh, yeah, I think that the Cubs are – we're intrigued by him down the stretch. But I think also at this point, you know, just looking at Chavez's history, he's always worked on one-year deals, uh, you know, maybe making a million here or there. And I think that every ball player in their in their career, if they have a chance to get more than one year, why not go for it? And I think he's at that point. Yeah, he is 34, but you've seen how resilient and durable this guy is. Uh, might owe it to himself to see if he, if he can get a two-year deal out there. Just granted, he did love it here, and they the fans loved him as well as the Cubs. But he's at that point now. You know, he's already got a daughter in high school. So uh, why not? Take care of yourself for a little longer, Mark. What are the uh, what are your expectations of Chris Bryant coming back after the injury? Uh, you know, likely small tear in his shoulder. Doesn't need surgery because uh, that type of surgery is not done for position players. More likely, always for pitchers. What are your expectations for him coming back? And what do you think is realistic for the Cubs to hope for? with a, uh, a healthy Chris Bryant coming back and knowing that he was probably one of the top two or three players in the league the first seven weeks before that injury occurred. I'll be very curious to see in February what his schedule's like because I think that'll be a pretty good measuring stick of of the severity of that injury, how he's rebounded, and, and where he's at. And if he doesn't need surgery, then I, then I trust the Cubs medical staff and, and thinking that he's going to be fine. But we saw when he came back both times that the, the power was lacking and, and he was swinging at some pitches and it wasn't looking pretty. Now, he does strike out a lot, but the swings and misses were, were very blatant. So having said all that, I, I would expect him to have a rebound year, but the 39 homers all, all tap the brakes at this point. You know, I, I was concerned because he tried to change the mechanics, even if it was just as simple as changing the finish with one hand instead of two. Um, you know, but trying to do that kind of stuff, uh, you know, for a guy who's that good, scared me a little bit. As far as you know, the offseason plan, is it for him to just be what he's always been and hope the rest has enabled it, or is he changing things again? No, I, I think, first of all, be rest, a lot, a lot of rest, and then – um, he'll get in the cage with, with his father, who's also dealing with a knee injury, and, and, and getting back to where he was in that 16-17 that mode and get, getting back to that. And I think it all depends on his health. If he's healthy, then you can start to see the old Chris Bryant swing back. Are you chomping at the bit to talk to Joe Madden about uh, the uh, occurrences immediately after the season and the uh, 71 minutes of conversation with uh, Theo Epstein uh, from uh, the postseason. Uh, what what do you think Joe's reactions are going to be? I think time heals uh, all wounds and whatever wounds that might have been felt 
I think gradually will 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 close up temporarily anyway. Um, there, there were some things that were that were mentioned. I think Theo, you know, revealing or, or acknowledging that there were some guys uh, a little upset with the constant lineup change uh, might have opened opened some eyes a little bit. But you know, the, my my feeling is what what was Joe supposed to do? You know, he had guys that were that weren't hitting too well, and he had to send out the best lineup out there at times. So um, I, I think they'll probably go over some things. Uh, Theo and, and Joe again, but um, I think the objective singular among everybody in that organization—that's the win. Because well, let's let's face it, even though you know everybody was celebrating the World Series from two years ago, there's there's some dust in that trophy. And I think everybody has to get back on that mission. That that that's in the past now. You know, people can put their photos on, on Twitter how great it was, but I think the, the organization's mission is that's in the past. We got to get back to where we at where we're at before and. Um, you know, and there's a great challenges because you know the Pirates' pitching staff's a lot deeper. The Cardinals will, will be healthy with, with Azuna and their and their starters. You know, Reyes being one, uh, it's going to be a tough challenge next year. You think the optional hitting, which Joe Madden is famous for, is a thing of the past? No, I still think I still think it, uh, it it'll lurk, but um, I think there's. There's got to be a, an effort to hey we're facing this guy we haven't seen him before put in the time just don't rely on your on, on the reports yeah absolutely Mark appreciate it as always continue all the great work look forward to seeing you I'm not sure if you're going to the GM meetings but definitely see you at the uh, winter meetings coming up in Las Vegas and uh, thanks for taking some time out from Matt and I today anytime take care guys thanks right. Mark that's Mark Gonzalez of the Chicago Tribune. Um, Bruce, do you think that among Kyle Schwarber, Ian Happ, and Albert Almora, that one of those guys is not a Cub next year? I think there's. it's likely. Uh, it just depends on uh, are you bringing in, in someone else? Are you bringing in another player? Before you move one of those guys, do you have to bring in a free agent? Or are you coming back? Are you making a trade bringing back another outfielder? Mm. Those are the questions that you know will need to be answered. But – yeah, I, I think it's it's possibility. I mean, Elmore's a really good defensive player. I mean, he but uh as far as his ability to slug, mm-hmm. uh it's not there. Are you are you good enough with him uh being late late game replacement and playing against certain left-handers, you know, 60 or 70 times during the season? Um what what is he for you? And then you know, with uh, Hap and Schwarber, you have to you have to look at their, you know, where where are they at as far as player development goes. Who are they, and do you have uh, somebody else that you're going to bring in that can replace their at bats more adequately? Right, and those three guys are the ones whose whose bell rang to me when Theo was talking about looking at production right. as opposed yeah, to I mean, ability. Matt, you don't want to trade people when uh, they're coming off down seasons. Right, now, but- now Schwarber was had an uptick, uh, unless you look at him w- hitting with men in scoring position because it wasn't pretty. But the all the other numbers were good. He walked more on base percentage uh, there, uh, looked better out there. Still, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you don't give up left young left-handed controllable power bats uh, just like that. And both him and Hap. Are that Hap is a switch hitter, but predominantly a power hitter from the left side. Uh, you just don't give those things away. So even though if they had uh, 
questionable uh, seasons or they're not meeting expectations, uh, you, you can't trade them when they're not at their peak. We'll look back with Pat Hughes at the top of the hour and then White Sox general manager Rick Hahn next hour and inside the clubhouse. Your phone calls and texts before that. It's 670 the score, 312 644 6767 to hop in. It is 670 the score. Inside the clubhouse is the show. That man is Bruce Levine. I am Matt Spiegel. We take a few phone calls. Uh, before we do that, yes. Let us point out that. Uh, here at 670 to the score, we cover the Cubs and White Sox all year long. I will be at the general manager's meetings Monday through Thursday. Uh, you'll hear my reports on all the shows here. Uh, during the season, uh, we cover both teams uh, to the, the point of um, where we don't favor one or the other. Certainly, we're proud to have the Chicago Cubs as a partner on this station, and you hear all the games here, but... Uh, the White Sox, uh, we are on Saturdays, the show where we cover Chicago baseball. And Matt and I will be doing that all winter long, talking the hot stove with you up until spring training when we uh, begin 2019 baseball again. Absolutely. Um, with Rick Hahn coming up in the next hour, I've got a pile of White Sox questions and White Sox stuff earmarked. You won't get them all in because his answers are so uh, articulately long. I'm going to cut them off. I'm just going to cut them right off and try to squeeze my stuff in. He'll hang up. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to make that happen, so we won't. This is Tom of the North Side on 670 The Score. Hello, Tom. You're on the show. All right, guys. I love to talk during the fall. It's getting better even after the World Series. So I got a couple quick questions, one on the Cubs and one is a general question. Um, I was hoping to see that maybe uh, if you guys could talk a little bit about where you think uh, what's going to happen with Addison and Russell. And if Russell leaves, I think I heard something out that surprised me about the Yankees potentially non-tendering uh, Didi Gregorius. And I'm wondering if that would potentially be um, a replacement. And if not, would the Cubs give some entertain a thought about getting back D.J. LeMayhew? I like the D.J. LeMayhew thought. I brought that up several weeks ago as a possibility for a free agent. That's a very good contact hitter who plays an excellent second base. You leave Javi at short. Didi Gregorius is going to miss at least half the year, probably more than, than, than half the year because he just had Tommy Johnson. And then uh, is he a free agent? Because I haven't looked to see if he's a free agent after that. That would be the only way it would make sense if he's a free agent after that, to be able to not tender him. Because he's such a good player. Uh, he's uh, he's that dynamic player and has been for them for a while. Addison Russell will miss at least the first 40 games. I will be surprised. I think 25. Oh, 25, right, because right. they, they, they prorated it, got the 15. Right. I would, uh, I'd be surprised if he's on the opening day roster. Yeah, I, I just don't see from uh, not only a uh, off-the-field point and what – has come down, but from a production point, uh, it's hard to get your head around. If everything was perfect, how do you get a, your head around of what Addison Russell has done over the last two years? Well, yeah, in terms of, of actual production, and yeah. ability, he's been yeah. in chaos at the plate. Right. I mean, injury, certainly there was an injury that kept him out five, uh, five weeks in 2017. But, uh, you know, five homers, 40 RBI, you know, great range, probably best range of any shortstop in baseball, along with Crawford of the Giants. But I, I just don't know how you how you uh, 
rate or mm-hmm. project Addison Russell at this point? Our uh, our friend and producer Zach Withers wrote Clue Q L U and then in parentheses Clue C L U E. What it really is is Clue K L U for Ted Klazuski. This is Elgin Clue on the score. What's up, Clue? How you been? Good, doing well, Matt. Great hearing you with Bruce. Bruce is the best, and you guys are a great team. So, thank you. Uh, my question is going to be quick. Um, my wife and I are heading out to Vegas for uh, my son just got engaged. We're heading out. We're going to see the Hawks play on the Thursday night in December, and then we want to go to the winter meetings. But my question for you guys is, can a fan just go and hang out at Mandalay and watch the set of MLB? Yes, yes, can it's you, it's even you... better than that because uh, the minor leagues have their full uh, meetings there, and there's an exhibition hall. You can pay X amount of money where you can walk through uh, probably a uh, hundred different exhibitions of, of people selling baseball gloves, mitts, uh, companies that make products that Major League Baseball, minor league teams use. So it is a perfect place for a fan to go. And, yes, you can through walk through the lobbies and see uh, MLB uh, doing their shows, ESPN doing their shows, other other uh, people doing their live shows. Uh, Sirius XM does their uh, radio uh home plate show from there as well. So, yeah, it's a perfect place to go. And maybe this uh, is the time clue you can finally get hired by a major league team. Just get, well, get it, yourself it, it, That'd be cool, but I, I want to go into the lounge and just make up uh, trades and leave them You can do that. You'll see a bunch of us. And, you know. You'll see a bunch of Chicago reporters standing around. Some of them may be sitting down and having a drink or two at appropriate times as right, well. Right? It, it, like, I, I like that. Just and go, any time in Vegas is an appropriate time. I, I right? think so. I think the 9 a.m. drink is a very appropriate. I like the idea of Clue writing down trades on cocktail napkins and signing them from fake GMs, just leaving them around the bar. You never know. Hey, I made a deal today. Uh, we'll talk to Pat Hughes, the voice of the Chicago Cubs, right here on 670 The Score and the Cubs Radio Network, uh, about what happened two years ago yesterday, among other things. That's next on 670 The Score and Rick Hahn of the White Sox next hour as well. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.